0: Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Booze Cruise our weekly show about the rough seas of hospitality with people you'd love to talk to because of so many reasons He was Europe's best bartender in 2012 and 4th place overall in the global finals of the Diageo world class in Brazil He decided to skip a career as an engineer for Porsche and now runs multiple companies linked to hospitality such as Collins Bar Systems and Isaac Academy in Amsterdam. And I really hope you guys will enjoy the chat that I had with Fjallar Goud as much as I did. So when did you decide to go into hospitality?
1: Uh, Well, that's a long time ago. Uh, First of all, I'm old. No, but um, actually uh, during my studies, um, I studied uh, car engineering and development and uh, I was always working uh, behind bars just for having a few extra bucks, and then um, I graduated and I did work at a Porsche for about a year. Worked also a year uh, in really motor uh, engine development for racing engines, um, but I, it, it didn't it didn't click for me. It, it didn't work work out that much, and uh, then I just. Um, I was working behind bars, just figuring out what I wanted to do in life, and then I fell in love with bartending that's actually yeah that's how that's it happened how it yeah, that's how it, yeah. yeah i mean for me for me it's it's when you work behind a bar it's, it's it's' having a special power because you can make people uh happy you can help them you can um it's just a uh, it's a it's like a mixology of of atmospheres and of moods and of uh and to make people a little bit more happy when they leave the door instead of when they enter the door, that will change the world in in a little way. That's my contribution of, of what bartending is all about. So it's it's not about a drink. It's about the drink is just a tool for making people happy. Yeah, that's, that, that's the whole thing for me. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that makes sense if we talk about like the whole training thing um, because you can find of course all recipes online whatever. So how do you think your Isaac Academy contributes in this whole better development of bartenders? Yeah.
1: Well I, I think um, what we need to aim for is giving the guest the best uh, guest experience that is possible. And bartending is just not something that you learn from a book. You need to do it. And, um, and it's, it's nice that you have a coach or a guy that's, or a girl that's standing next to you, giving you advice on technical stuff, but also knowledge stuff. And um, it is just um, you need all that information, but you need it in a way that you really can use it. Uh, for the guest, Um, yeah, and you just need to do it, yeah, Yeah. Uh, and and also, internet is cool, um, but there is a lot of shit as well on the internet, (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of cool movies that's so totally wrong, and I I, I think you've seen all these kind of movies that I'm talking about, so, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: You think you can learn a person to be sociable, more outgoing? Well, well, the thing is, to, be, to really be
1: extrovert, I, I don't, uh, you don't need to be. But um, what, what knowledge will bring you is some sort of a confidence. And uh, when I just stepped behind the bar uh, the first time, uh, well, the first time I stepped behind the bar, I've seen all these bottles uh, behind me. And I was just overwhelmed by what was in there and I I had no clue. So I was actually looking at the bar, you know, the 45 angle uh, that everybody is, is looking at the bar instead of the guest. And I was just hoping that nobody would ask me something about rum or whiskey or whatever, because I didn't know the answer. And then when I was picking up a lot of this knowledge about all the spirits that were behind me, um, yeah, you grow your confidence and you know how to um, um, advise people on what kind of flavor they like or what kind of drink they I should make for them and that's and that is the cool job then you're then you're working with the guest, and then all the the tools and the spirits and the knowledge is just as a yeah you can use that to make the guest experience better that, that's yeah, the, yeah. But, but, but I also know a lot of bartenders that are not necessarily very outspoken uh, but they are very mellow but they also, in their way, they are a, a, like a, a glue for a social interaction. You know.
0: So at some point it's not just bartenders, we also have mixologists, very serious, distant approach of our craft. So what's your takeaway on that? First of
1: all, uh, bartending is not rock and science, that, that's one thing. And secondly, um, it is about the guest and it's not about your knowledge and and broadcasting your knowledge, Um, especially when the whole uh, pre-prohibition and prohibition era was very uh, popular and everybody became some sort of a cocktail nerd or geek or, or, uh, you know, and uh, that's also at that time, we came up with uh, the name of the company because we, we were totally fed up with all that serious stuff and nerdiness about drinks and cocktails and, and the recipes and uh, blah, blah, blah. And Isaac is obviously the guy from the love boat, the guy with the, the big smile, the mustache. And he's like the symbol for us for for hospitality. Yeah. Uh, with a smile, with some humor, with a little bit of... Um, I mean, he's he's that's what's what it's all about and if you want to know more as a guest you can ask the bartender and hopefully he can say something about it that would be really really cool and uh so definitely you need the knowledge to give the best experience but um balancing when to give that information is sometimes difficult for a lot of bartenders
0: but do you think that the time of that serious speakeasy bars is over there
1: still a and i mean there are so many different styles of of, of, of bartending and bars and uh, i think there's there's a lot of room for speakeasies and serious stuff which is cool yeah. in the way as well so i think for every uh, target audience you have a solution but i think for all of them we are in hospitality so if the if the guest is not number one it's secondary in my opinion by definition you're doing something wrong
0: yeah
1: that's uh, that's the way i yeah. see it I
0: totally agree. how long do you think it takes to become confident enough behind the bar
1: some people say it at, le- at least a year but it really depends on your character your motivation and why you're doing it in the first place so if you have a bartender that's looking at all the, the cool things about it, so all the women all the fun and all the, I mean that's, that's definitely an aspect of yeah. it all um, but if you don't mean to let's say, if you don't have the, the ability or the, the willingness of helping people and you don't have that in you, then it's going to take a very very long time and I don't think you're gonna going to be a good bartender if you don't really have that so if the goal if it if it grows from in help want to help people and you're motivated and you're uh, passionate about what you do, uh, then it can go very quickly because all the knowledge all the technical stuff that's not a lot to be I mean there's a lot obviously a lot of knowledge about spirits and stuff but um, that you can learn yeah. but being a person and caring for somebody else and 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 being a social kind of uh, Interact in a way
0: that is very very difficult yeah.
1: t- to, to teach
0: So how would you teach willingness? Is that possible? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's um, Let's say you come to my place for dinner. I will take the extra effort in uh, ordering you that that really nice steak that you like so much because you I heard that uh, heard it in one of the conversations if you don't have that kind of I'm going to do my extra best or that yeah. extra thingy then 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 hospitality is going to be a very difficult uh, line of work for you.
0: Yeah. To be a bag of bag yeah. Bag. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
1: If it's not if you if you don't do anything with passion
0: Yeah, you should quit. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So when did you decide to throw in the towel as a full-time bartender, start the academy and become the Netherlands most famous cocktail station designer and producer?
1: And that's twofold because uh, the, the cocktail station, that was just one thing that I, I stepped behind. I worked behind so many bars and I was always irritated by <laughs> that nobody was thinking about it and, and uh, a lot of these stations are uh, being designed by interior designers or beer guys or whatever yeah. so I thought okay then then um, then I need to do it myself and uh, so I did and I made a couple of these bars for a couple of friends and they say yeah can we do this and this and then I made a couple more and then now it's 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 uh, it's not a joke I, at yeah. first I did it as a joke yeah. but now we, we're doing about... 200 to 300 bars per year so it's 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 quite it's grown and um what i think is very important and i always try to do that we develop all these systems for bartenders but also with bartenders so if if people say no i want to have a little bit of a a different height or a different kind of angle or or whatever if it's plausible yeah, yeah we're gonna do it So that's my aim to give all the bartenders the best kind of area to work in. So um, that's one. That's one answer of your question. Um, And the other question was when I was working in Vesper, um, uh, my girlfriend became pregnant. (laughs) So (laughs) I got a kid. (laughs) Yeah, because of all the tequila. So. And then when I was working at, I mean bartenders making crazy hours, uh, which is not necessarily a very healthy thing. Uh, So um, I thought, okay, I needed to change my course of life but I still wanted to do my passion. And my passion is, uh, I'm very passionate about bartending. So when I can give that passion to somebody else, then I'm still doing really what I love but I can now do it from nine to five. But still, obviously, hang out in a lot of bars. Yeah, that's the
0: world. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's, that's worlds, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how long would you train somebody who walks in and says, I want to be a bartender?
1: It depends a little bit. Most of the time, now, the, the, the last five, six years, we uh, made a lot of bar programs for business to business customers. Yeah. So we, did, we worked for a lot of um, uh, spirit brands or spirit companies. Um, and some had a, a whole module of a lot of different kind of levels of education. Some had just a, a little masterclass. Um, and actually we neglected a little bit our own uh, uh, training program. And our own training program is now really in development. And um, there's also going to be a lot of levels in there, uh, but I don't want to talk about it too much yet, (laughs) but um, yeah, we're going to unroll that very quickly. Yeah, but it it, it takes quite some time because uh, I think uh, to be an all round bartender, there's a lot to learn and not only about spirits, but also about cocktails, but also about service, about management, about a lot of things that at the end of the day you can give the best uh, guest experience uh, as possible. Yeah,
0: because I think that's the problem in our in hospitality, too I don't I don't think people get ready for next steps So once you're like a bartender you're there for three years. They like make you bar manager mm. but You don't know how to do it Like Exactly, and I, I think maybe that's one of the problems if you can counter it, it
1: is a, it is a big problem and, and, and to and, and to to um, uh, to emphasize that point that you made is that actually when you are a bar bar manager, most of the time you get three extra uh, things that you need to do. One of the things is at the end of the night, uh, check the register and count it. That's one. (laughs) Then the other one is is do the stocking, ordering stuff for the next day. And the third thing is most of the time making the schedule. So everybody is uh, is there when you need them. Those three things, yeah, you need to do them. That is not necessarily management management is study the bar thinking how can we improve on let's say uh, a drink uh, the guest experience why is it uh, the turnover not enough Uh, why is speed and efficiency Uh, how can we make sure that we can make two or three extra drinks uh, per hour these kind of things that you need to do as managers Um, so yeah we need to uh, more uh, make the whole the whole hospitality and definitely the bar side of it more professional.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I, I'm pretty sure all bar managers at that point, they just lose their mind over the horrible inventory. I know yeah. it takes so much time. And most of the time you just get a title of bar manager, but it's not like you're going to... No, give
1: especially inventory, by the way, is a very a technical thing that um, I think uh, more, than, more than 90% of all bars are not measuring inventory. So they have no clue what is actually shrink, shrinkage in a bar. Um, and if you, if you compare that to a lot of other businesses, um, so retail for instance, they have a shrinkage number of about 10%, which is extremely high. And then for most bar, they have a, a shrinkage of almost 24%. So the stuff that you bu- bought, at the end of the year, isn't there anymore. 24% is not there anymore. That is thats is, that, that is a, almost a symbolic kind of way of looking at the industry uh, that we really need to make it more professional.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Next to making hospitality a more professional environment, what's the thing that gets you out of bed nowadays, like, this is what I want to do.
1: So many people are now in their lives that are uh, frustrated or uh, uh, stressed out or uh, all these kind of things. So they, they, they go to a hospitality venue to do something else, to forget all that stuff or, I don't know, fall in love or communicate with people. And that is the thing that matters to me. And if we can do that better, yeah, that that that's that's yeah, why yeah. I, I I wake up with a smile on my face. Yeah, to be honest, true. it's a bit of a yeah. uh, lekker <laughs> zweverig. <laughs> but yeah, that's no, it. Yeah, well,
0: it's true. It's true. It's nice. So lekker zweverig means a little dreamy. In that perspective, how would you like to reform hospitality?
1: One of the things now is that a lot of entrepreneurs or bar owners they see that gap that is now uh, uh, growing uh, so they make really cool kind of concepts but the concepts most of the time are way better than the quality of the bartenders and the staff yeah. that are working there Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: so at the end of the day uh, although you have an amazing concept if the staff cannot live up to that uh, concept it, yeah it all uh, falls yeah, apart it, it makes
0: sense because they put all this money in the whole marketing point but they don't put the money in the staff yeah and that's the that's the big yeah. issue if because your marketing shows where are this and then you can't like yeah. live up to the hype and that's probably what's happening indeed
1: a lot from uh from a uh from a service point of view which is a problem but also from a technical and quality uh way is a problem that last meter from the back bar to the front bar, and then from the front bar to the guest, that's most of the time where the problem comes in. Yeah. So if you compare it to baristas, for example, yeah. uh, the guys that are making the coffee, they they take great, great effort of controlling the whole process of growing the beans, yeah. fermenting them, drying them, uh, roasting them, all the, and then at the end of the day, there comes this barista guy with maybe no experience at all, yeah. put the grinder way too coarse or whatever, and he fucks it up. And that's the same thing for bartenders as well. That last meter is a very, very critical meter.
0: Yeah, that's pretty frustrating though. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Let, let's say you
1: have the, the most beautiful rum made in the world. Yeah. And then you give them, you give your baby, your your, your proud and joy to a bartender, and he just fucks it up. He's, he's just, or watering it down way too much with, uh, let's say, when you're making an old-fashioned or way too much sugar or covers it with, with so many strange yeah. kind of bitter stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, because they man. have to use all the stuff to be cool. Yeah, it's a trend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: you need to be a cool guy. Yeah. I think if you really, if you if you test bartenders of how to use bitters in drinks. Yeah, no. Ooh, that's yeah, gonna be that's a difficult painful. one. It is painful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the, that, that last meter is uh, is definitely uh, yeah. a focus point for us. Yeah.
0: It's a Friday night, walk in the bar, sit down. What is the drink you will order? My, my own, like, personal well, preference. Yeah, you walk into a bar where you know this is where they know what they're doing. This is the drink I'm gonna get.
1: Here in yeah. Amsterdam or
0: here in the Netherlands? In Amsterdam, yeah.
1: Oh, there, there, there. It depends on the bartender, to be honest. Yeah, and um, there are a lot of bartenders that I uh, th- that can make a, an awesome drink, yeah. and there are a lot of cool bars that uh, make make uh, make me a very good drink. And it really depends on my kind of atmosphere. But you can, I mean, they're the usual suspects, you know. And um, I like. Tales and Spirits like Dorsey before, I like Vesper, I like uh, Calo Ocho. There, there's so many yeah. to, to choose from. Uh, Chin Chin Club is cool, uh, totally different kind of atmosphere, but the yeah. drinks are nice uh, depending on which bartender is working. So, so there's so many different kind of bars that I really enjoy going. There's also a couple of bars that I don't enjoy going yeah. because they're fucking up my drink. So I, I rather have a beer yeah. than a daiquiri, yeah. and a daiquiri is an easy drink, to be honest. Yeah. But easy also to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you say like it depends on the bartender, is that a good thing? Like you walk into a bar, and you see oh this guy is working, he knows he can make me this, or you rather have like this like obviously it's it's
1: a it's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh for every bar it should be a some sort of level of quality always and not only for the drinks but also from a hospitality point of view and some bars are are doing a better job than others but um when i would design a bar and a bar team and the whole the whole experience i wanted to be always exactly the same because that's that's one of the things that you want to go back to you know and that's uh yeah, you don't want a variations in quality or service. You don't that's want to right. have that.
0: So what's the worst part of working in the hospitality industry? For me? Yeah.
1: It's always cleaning yeah. <laughs> and stocking. Yeah. yeah. I think for everybody that's, that's, uh, that's the pain in the ass. Yeah.
0: And that's why a lot of them don't do it. <laughs>
1: right. I mean first of all cleaning the bar making care of the thing that you work every day i mean you need to you need to take care of that yeah. and your tools as well if it, is it nice to clean everything and and, and, and and lifting up all these crates and stuff in 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 in, in these uh, kind of where you not can stand uh, you pain in your back and i mean yeah i mean yeah if i could skip something yeah. that's yeah. definitely it
0: Next to giving people an amazing experience, what's the best thing of hospitality?
1: That's the reason why I'm doing it, is communicating with, with people, Yeah, making yeah. them happy. That's that's the whole reason, yeah.
0: Yeah, I really hope that's far. gonna be the exactly same answer. Hopefully, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Apart from that, I obviously I'm 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 also a spirit geek and I like yeah. cocktail. I mean I, I can talk about fermentation in this I like it it really has my passion. But if somebody doesn't care about it, I'm not gonna say, hey, this is uh bo-bo-bo-. I don't I don't
0: give a fuck. It's,
1: no it's, you don't it's, wanna push it no, on. No no. Use it wisely if
0: yeah. if uh, yeah. But it can be very overwhelming for just yeah. random people, like yeah yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I just want to have a drink. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just give it, make it happen.
1: That geekiness is, uh, bartenders copy a lot from each other. Um, And then people were saying, yeah, when when you're using a zest of lemon, uh, you need to use it under a specific kind of angle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because when you don't do it in 35 degrees, the heavier uh, essential oils will fall. I mean, we get these kind of discussions, and I like to have these discussions sometimes, to and some, like some some degree. Yeah. But if they are not succeeding making the guest happy, but they are doing it ex- exactly thirty-five yeah. uh, uh, degrees angle, what the fuck is the point?
0: Now we're talking about ego bartending. Let me. Give you a situation: some guy walks into the bar. He asks you an old fashioned, but he really, really wants you to add blue curacao. What would you do? I would do it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah.
1: I would try my best to make the the, the best drink ever, <laughs> Which, blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Now it's it's. Um, yeah, that bugs me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. If you can't make your guest happy, but only put yourself in the middle, that is totally the wrong focus as a bartender anyways. A lot of bartenders in Amsterdam, they have an attitude. Why the fuck do you have an attitude as a bartender?
0: I don't understand it. So it's pretty hard to walk up to somebody and say, hey, your attitude is not okay. You're a fucking asshole. So can you teach them not to be an asshole? I mean, when we do a job interviews,
1: for instance, for all our, our, our trainers as well, we, we set an environment for them. Uh, so we set a couple of chairs, a little bit crooked on the table and we uh, put a little bit of coffee uh, glasses that are already been used. And then at the end of the of the job interview, hopefully um, the guy that was doing the interview is putting the yeah, he's putting everything nice back and he's saying, what can I do with these glasses? Shall I take them to the kitchen or what if you fail to do that? then it's so difficult for, for to, to teach somebody that yeah, so
0: maybe values are hard to keep because there's more competitions there's more exposure a lot of media attention it's hard not to lose sight of all the basics of what we do and that's why i don't like in a way i mean i like
1: it because it's good for the industry but it's also sometimes a little bit strange because competitions is one of the things that is is about being the best yeah which is always a moment of time with a special kind of uh, judges at that time um, but you can't be the best of doing hospitality you can yeah. you, it's a very strange thing to me and, but it's good for the industry yeah. it's good for showing people what we can do as bartenders and how we interact with people and what we know about all these spirits and Mixology and, and, and the re- all the rest of it, which is good. But from a hospitality point of view, yeah. it's a very strange concept.
0: Yeah, it's true, and I think this is the problem too with social media at this point. Like, you got all these amazing drinks and pictures and good-looking bartenders doing all these ni- nice things, but you never, ever feel what the feeling would be if you were in that same room drinking yeah. that drink, listening to. No. That's kind of like the Dissonance, like the, the distance between what we want to put yeah, out. Of course, of but course. it's all like it's kind of Hollywood, right? it just has to look good to sell it, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, there a lot of a lot of people are saying now the bartenders are the new DJs and stuff and blah blah blah. First of all, that's not true, and second <laughs> of all, why why care about that stuff? Yeah. You know, I mean. What I would like to see is that the whole hospitality, and especially bartenders, uh, are becoming more professional. And if they become more professional, then they're, I don't know if they're looking for status, but then their st- status will grow uh, naturally. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that will impact, but I, I hopefully that the professionalism will impact also the way of how we're getting paid how people are looking uh, towards mm-hmm. us i mean everybody has that t-shirt of uh, what's your real job as a bartender mm-hmm. probably yeah and uh and, and that i mean yeah it's uh
0: yeah we're lo- there's a big stereotypes still yeah. running the uh, industry yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just like i rolled in because i needed money to pay for college like that that kind of view right yeah
1: yeah I mean, some bartenders are, are are making it also way too serious. Yeah. Uh, it is a difficult job. Uh, to be honest, it is very difficult because it has so many details that you need to take care of, and and, and then you need to be a almost a therapy uh, guy sometimes yeah. for your guest and blah blah. But at the end of the day, we're not saving lives. Uh, we we need to make people happy, and uh, that's the whole that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, don't take yourself too serious about it. No, that's true.
0: So, what would you say to new bartenders? What should they do when they come into the industry?
1: Go to bars. That's the, go to bars, learn, and, um, and try to uh, actually try to go uh, and, and enter competitions. Because the knowledge that you will receive with all these like minded guys in one room. Is just a, an amazing opportunity to learn, and um, and obviously there's a lot of knowledge about on the internet and in books, but if you really want to uh, feel it, you need to go to bars. You need yeah. to uh, yeah, you need to look how other people are doing it, and then come up with your own style.
0: Yeah. You think most of the bartenders would like be happy to interact, or they would just say like. Uh-
1: all bartenders would like to interact. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of bartenders that don't like to interact. That's yeah. what they do all the time. Yeah, cool. Um so, and 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 they wanna share their, their passion about drinks or cocktails or, 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 or spirits or whatever. So uh, I think you're gonna get so much information just by saying, hey, why are you using that whiskey in this drink and why you're not using, I don't know what. Yeah. They're gonna be an answer, definitely. So, um, yeah, please do, yeah. as much as possible.
0: I think that's what we were saying, like, the barrier should be very low between guest and, and bartender, right? So Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's quite a big range of liqueurs that we have to hate as bartenders, but we all secretly love. Tell us your guilty pleasure.
1: Maybe not a liqueur, but a, but a drink, which is uh, a bit of a, uh, a guilty pleasure. There are actually two drinks. One drink, which I really like when it's made well, is a fresh pina colada. I really <laughs> like that drink. I really <laughs> like that drink. Um, How does
0: it have to be made? Like what, what's, what would it be made of? Like Coco Lopez and all these things?
1: Yeah, yeah. Coco Lopez, f- fresh uh, pineapple. Two types of rum, uh, a white rum and an aged rum to give it a length and the other one gives the freshness. Bit of bitters um, and cream, like double cream. Okay. Yeah, it's not good for, uh, Uh, but uh, yeah, but I like it actually. (laughs) You
0: (laughs) blend it or you shake it? Blend it, blend it,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, although the the pina colada, when you only use the coconut uh, water in the coconut, it's also very very nice, yeah. but it's not really a guilty pleasure. Then, it, then it's more a sophisticated yeah, way of more doing like that. Yeah yeah. Style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other drink, obviously, and I made thousands of them, really, really thousands, hundreds of thousands, is um, is the Porter Martini. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Porter Martini is. What I like about the Porter Martini is not from a also from a mixology point of view uh, actually because you have a lot of ingredients in that drink um, that is uh, a a big uh, target audience is liking anyways. So vanilla, for example, everybody is is almost hardwired to vanilla. That's why it's in so many drinks, but it's all in so many uh, food supplies in, 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 in desserts and all the rest of it. Do you know what by the way why that is? Do you know that no. what people are hardwired? No. That's I learned because I became a father because <laughs> it's in breath milk in, 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 Really, There's a little bit of vanilla. So babies are uh, are it's drinking good. constantly vanilla flavored oh. kind of uh,
0: it's yeah like a big scam, actually. That's why
1: people <laughs> are liking it. Yeah so much. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, it, and it really works together So that's my guilty pleasure so how would you make your porn star martini? Uh, so obviously vodka, but if you can substitute it for rum or mezcal uh, or tequila, works really really well. Yes. Um, then obviously fresh uh, passion fruit, uh, because fresh in, uh, passion fruit has also acidity but also sweetness. Vanilla, just vanilla syrup no no vanilla syrup homemade with fresh uh, vanilla yeah. pots um, and then I also add a little bit of uh, and there's maybe comes the liqueur that's uh, you're you're referring to in your first <laughs> question a little bit of um, what's it called again um, Pessoa. Okay. Passoa. Yeah. yeah and it just works just it really it works yeah it it's good. not original uh, recipe because no. I think the original was with Kharil vodka which also had yeah. vanilla in it. Uh, yeah. But um and a little bit of depending on how sour the uh, the passion fruit is, maybe a little bit of uh, lime or lemon juice. Yeah, just to balance but, it
0: out. Yeah and just but, uh, shake it, that will strain. Yeah. Garnish it or just
1: Garnish with uh, with uh, half of the uh, of the passion fruit. Scoop out, uh, make it loose, and yeah. then add a little bit of uh, rum or tequila Wonderful or whatever. Food, yeah. Something. Some
0: overproof stuff. Yeah. And light it on fire. <laughs> light
1: it on fire. And obviously, you need a shot of champagne next to it. And what I like about it is because it has a, a way of how you serve it. It's a little ritual, and that ritual becomes. Uh, that's that's why I like it so much because you're interacting with your guests how to drink it, you're explaining it, why you need to drink it, there's a cool story for it. So you have this little talking point plus a ritual and it's a really nice drink. So it, it, that's why it became so popular. So why
0: does the shell of champagne comes into play?
1: So the whole thing is actually because you need saliva to taste. Yeah. So one, the first thing that you would do is zip a little bit of champagne, then it cleanses the palate. But it also helps you to to make saliva yeah. and then you're going to taste the drink. And that's why it's, it's uh, you can first scoop out the passion fruit. Um, so you have this little ritual of, of the drink, uh, which make, makes it actually interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a very bad name for a very nice drink. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, I, I think it's called uh, originally it's called the Maverick Martini. OK, yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: and then some porn star started drinking it?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know exactly the story. Douglas Ankara, who invented the drink, yeah. uh, came out with an already-to-drink kind of uh, porn star. I didn't taste it yet, No. but uh, I never a- actually asked him why it's called a porn star. But I think there's floating a couple of different versions of that story.
0: So what would be your best personal quality that made you thrive? in our hospitality industry
1: a true passion for uh, for people yeah. so was. and and, and uh, my motivation was always to give them the best uh, experience that was possible and um, yeah Be- being social i guess yeah but also in a professional way when working behind the bar not necessarily when i'm drinking <laughs> that's a different story but uh uh yeah Yeah, it's just uh, caring for other people and that's that's always going to show. But also, I mean, I really, really made an effort of um, getting all the basics right and knowing the stuff that I was talking about and all the spirits and all the drinks. And uh, I made so many dry martinis for myself, Mm -hmm. tested all the different kind of ratios that I wanted to have and then when I, and I, with a lot of different kind of gins then a lot of kind of different styles of vermouth with bitters no bitters 50/50s yeah. different even different temperatures and then i finally had okay this one i like yeah. and then you can you can if you have a question from a guest you can work from that knowledge red vermouth for instance italian vermouth yeah. um there's a big difference if you're going to use let's say um Martini Rosso, yeah. which may be technical uh, from a technical point of view, not really even uh, a red vermouth, but OK, we'll, <laughs> we'll let that go. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Carpano Antica Formula. Yeah. Every bartender will think, OK, if I need red vermouth, I want to have Antica Formula. Yeah. But then again, it is such powerful stuff yes. if you're making a Negroni with, let's say, if, if you don't have a lot of different other choice. But let's say you're making it for a beginner. So you're gonna go with a very mild kind of gin. Yeah. So you, let's say you're gonna go for Bombay Sapphire, which is very mild in, in a way. And then uh, you're gonna use uh, Antique Formula, you're gonna overpower the drink totally. It's gonna be about about the vermouth and yeah. not about the other ingredients anymore. So that's every drink, every uh, ratio, every, uh, you need to think about the ingredient that you're using for that drink.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: but that, that is the fun. That is the yeah, fun as well. True. And uh, you can make totally uh, different Negronis with different kind of ingredients. And the one is very suitable for maybe their uh, uh, taste palette. Yeah. And then the other one is suitable for somebody else. So,
0: And that's the fun. That's
1: the fun of it yeah, as well.
0: Cool. So if you could read one book, which book would you read to succeed in hospitality? One of the
1: books that I like very, very much is um, The Bar Bible from uh, Gary Regan. Yeah. And um, especially the first page is about mixology as a bartender, but also the mixology between atmospheres and people. And uh, that really motivated me on... uh, I thought, okay, this is a cool kind of first pager. And then I was... uh, the rest of the book is quite complicated, to be honest, uh, and not the way I... But no, I, I like it. I like it. I don't want to say anything bad about Gary Reed. <laughs> no, not. no.
0: Not. Yeah, this is where we're going to wrap up, um, so thank you very much. We're going to put everything in the bio so everybody can find you wherever you're findable on social media, whatever. Cool. Thank you very much, and um, yeah, see you next time. Thank you. Cool, man. <laughs> That's it for this week ladies and gentlemen Thank you so much for listening to this first episode If you enjoyed please give us a rate Give us a review or hit that subscribe button I hope to see you guys next week On the next Booze Cruise